good everything. Happy insert whatever day it is here that you're experiencing this podcast on. Welcome back to the Peace, Love, and Applesauce podcast. My name is Juan. My name is Abby. And we're here to shed a conspiracy theory. So this is episode 17. One plus seven is eight, but that's two separate numbers. Eight divided by two is four. And then next week's episode is episode 18. You combine those three episodes together, that equals 8418. That is our wedding anniversary, and that's the conspiracy we're talking about here. Oh. The love. (laughs) The conspiracy of love. The conspiracy of our love. How do you like them apples? Wow. Did anybody follow that? Listen, that was fire. (laughs) I don't care what you say. Oh, my God. But, no, on a serious note, uh, this week we are discussing our wedding anniversary because it's the week of our wedding anniversary so we're going to talk about our experiences with this thing called marriage Mm -hmm. and how we're navigating it to this day Mm -hmm. but for those of you who don't know this clearly is year number four for us Mm -hmm. so we are in our fourth year of marriage we are entering our eighth year together 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 (laughs) together total right yeah so that's later this year. Yeah. So let's start off with how it all started. Yeah. Peanut, stop whining. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so Juan and I met in 2014. We were the, babies. The day after my senior prom. Mm-hmm. We were on the same dance team and Juan had actually just um, auditioned and made the dance team. And, uh... I was fangirling that Yeah, day. he was there to support um, while we did the competition and whatnot. And when it came time for awards at the end of the night, I had gotten separated from my friends and ended up sitting next to Juan on stage. And I didn't know anybody really on the team at this point. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I didn't even ask if I could sit with you. We just kind of yeah, migrated together and We were sat. just kind of like chatting and then we kind of got separated from everybody else but ended up like meeting up with everyone but we sat with together on stage mm-hmm. and they started passing around like this candy bucket and oh, the days before covid i know they would never do that now <laughs> everybody could dig their hands in mm-hmm. that's disgusting Just germs everywhere yeah so they were literally passing around like a halloween candy bucket and we both took like handfuls of candy and were just eating it because awards is long Mm -hmm. and we were throwing wrappers at each other and he was shoving wrappers in my headband and i I was was wearing a tank top you were throwing them down my the back of my shirt yeah and i actually went home and still had more that i couldn't find yeah and it was just really funny joking around but that was the first time that we had ever interacted and abby has this it's the infamous selfie it's the very first picture we ever took together Mm -hmm. now i look like i got the crazy eye in it but i'm just being funny Mm because she pulled out her phone she's smiling but like i was just like "Mm, here i am but yeah we'll put we'll post that as the as the episode's like cover photo i guess yeah but later that year um we actually became better friends and started spending more time together Talking constantly. Yeah, yeah. Hanging out almost on a daily basis. Yeah. Going to dance together. Mm-hmm. Being at practice three times a week, three hours a, mm-hmm. a day that we were there. Yeah. Outside of regular classes. So, yeah. like, we were legit hanging out almost every single day. Yeah. And then you friend-zoned me. Mm-hmm. Friend-zoned her real hard, especially right after asking you to go to my homecoming with me. My yeah. senior homecoming. Yeah. Asked I, me to go to homecoming, friend-zoned me, friend-zoned me at homecoming. Yes. And then... Proceeded to be in a horrible relationship for a month that Abby, like, guided me through. Yeah. And then one day she, like, she kind of snapped on me, and I got the hint. I'm like, ooh, I... I understand what she's saying. I will never forget it. The one sentence that stood out to me, she was like, you need to find your needle in the haystack. And I was like, I think I think she's trying to tell me something here. Yeah. And. But after that, he and whoever he was dating had broken up and then some time had passed and we started dating shortly mm-hmm. after that. And that was kind of the beginning of it. This was all from the point that we met 
to us dating was probably like that was like an, May to December. Yeah, so like what, like an eight month period of time. Whatever month May is to December. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we dated for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And we got engaged after Juan's birthday in 2016. Yep. I got excited. I was 18 years old, getting ready to turn 19. And, like, I don't know. We briefly had talked about marriage, but, like. Not that much. Not hardcore like that. But, like, you did show me some rings that you liked and whatnot. And I'm, we're all like, all right, maybe in the future. Like, we'll we'll see when we get there. But I was working at Vans at that point. I didn't really have much else responsibility-wise. So I saved up, and then one day after work, I just went to K just to look, and I found you a ring. I put a down payment without discussing with anybody, by the way. I just went. <laughs> My mom picked me up from work, and I'm like, Mom, I made a big boy decision today. And she's like, oh, God, what? I told her she lost her mind. She's like, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. Like, not in like a bad way, but like it stressed her out because, <laughs> you know, I'm 18, <laughs> and I put a down payment on a ring. And then I was like, oh, shit, I didn't ask your parents for permission. Had to call them, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Then I called my dad. My dad was like, bro, why didn't you tell me? I would have went and, ha- like, we can go, whatever. He he was actually the one that was, like, the most excited mm-hmm. from the jump. Well, the other thing is, is that, like, again, Juan wasn't quite 19. I wasn't even 21 yet at this point. Mm-hmm. And... Looking back at it now, I can see the concern. Oh, yeah. If Jules 18 and getting... Nah. No. Nope. No. I don't know how we're making this work. I think this is just working for us. I was going to say, we didn't talk about marriage that much. We didn't talk about having kids that much. We were literally just... Madly in love. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, it was something that I never questioned. I was never like, oh, you know, am I going to marry... Juan, it was just like, yeah, I'll marry him at some point. Mm-hmm. It, it was never a question. So that's why, like, when I think at the time when, like, my parents were like, what the fuck? And your parents were like, what the fuck? That we were just like, what are you so concerned about? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Because we were just both, like, on you the same page. It. <laughs> but it wasn't even like that. It wasn't, I like, I, I never once went to my parents and was like, I love him so much, blah, blah, blah. I didn't say any of that. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to marry him. Mm-hmm. There was no explanation. I was like, I'm just going to marry him. That's yeah. it. I mean, every time you were around, uh, and I, I, there was one specific occasion, like after we got done hanging out and you left, um, my mom looked at me and she gave me that smile. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that smile that SpongeBob gave Squidward? Was this before we were dating? I think. Okay. Um, just in general, the fact of like, there was something special about you. Cause my mom don't fucking like anybody. Facts. So <laughs> she gave me that smile. Like SpongeBob gave Squidward when he ate the Krabby Patties. He's like, you like Krabby yeah. Patties, Squidward. She's like, I like her. And I'm like, yeah. And like, so what? <laughs> so like, that was like a sign. But then my dad's also hilarious. Cause he's interrogated every significant other for me and my brother's. So, like, you know how normally the the dad gives their daughters significant other the business? Mm-hmm. My dad gave you the business. Yeah. But you gave him witty responses that actually made him laugh. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I can respect the, the answers you gave me. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. So, like, that also put you in good graces. For and reference, that. what he asked me was, um, he asked me what I liked about Juan. Mm-hmm. And then he... He liked my answer, and then he said something along the lines of, like... He was like, I'm, I'm not going to catch you fondling my son, am I? Yeah. And you were like, and I'm I was like, try not to. Yeah, I was like, I can't guarantee that, but I'll try not to. <laughs> <laughs> he laughed. He started cracking up. He's like, wow, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> but, I was shook, um, though. Nobody's ever interrogated me. Listen, the one before you, he took mug shots of. <laughs> Just saying. So you made it off easy. And when I, I say it, that's not a joke. Yeah. Like... Forward and profile, like portrait and profile, made her stand up on the wall. I will never forget it. My dad's a savage. That's incredible. But back to the proposal at hand. So I wanted to propose to you for uh, my 19th birthday at the beginning of March, but it didn't work out that way. So I did it at the end of the month. And 
I didn't do it your traditional way. I didn't get down on a knee. There was no sappy thing. It wasn't even really in front of anybody. It was just me and Abby, and I proposed to her in a photo booth, and I had the ring in my pocket. My heart's pounding the whole time. I'm at work. I'm like, hey, uh, can you come? When you come pick me up, can we just go take some photos? And she's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, stop being weird. Just go with it. Like, say yes, I'm trying to be cute, and this is monumental. Just go. My heart's pounding, and then I do a really awkward stretch, and I'm wearing a hat backwards, and I put the ring box on my hat. In your flat brim cap My days. flat brim <laughs> cap. I hate that you said that at some point in your life, because it was just a snapback. It was a joke. I know. It was a joke, and it's still funny. <laughs> but um, I had it on my hat, and then, of course, you know, photo booths has, has, they have a timer on them. So, like, I pull it out, and I'm like, hey, will you marry me? And it took her by surprise so much that one of the pictures, she backs out of frame. And I'm like, hurry up, put the ring on, like, yes or no? And she's like, oh, my God, yes. Like, And I grip up her hand in the one picture. And, like, you, He's like smile. <laughs> you see the shock in both of our faces to where we, like, try to redo it again. And you can tell it's kind of staged the second time around. It was so rushed. <laughs> it was hilarious. It Listen, there was no better way to do it. I thought it was going to be a lot smoother. That is the entire, I think that speaks volumes as to how our marriage is gone. Mm-hmm. Do you want to marry me? Put it on. Yeah, answer. Yes, come on, come on. I know you want to, just take it. <laughs> oh my god. That's so freaking funny. I don't think we've ever told anybody that. I no, other than like maybe some close friends. Like we showed them the photo booth pictures, but like you and I just kind of kept that to ourselves. Yeah. We were just It was hilarious. It was everything that it needed to be. Like I didn't want Okay. First of all, Juan and I are not, like, overly affectionate, mushy-gushy. We don't have pet names for each other. We hate... We uh, You will never catch us calling each other babe. It's uh, disgusting. It so makes horrible. Abby cringe. I don't like it either, so... That is foul. Stop doing that. We bro each other. Yeah. Abby's my bro. Yeah. That's my fucking bro. Yup. <laughs> Just like, bro. <laughs> you know what i mean yep but anyways yeah so like we're not really about that like mushy gushy stuff it's not like it's sweet in our way but we have our moments of being endearing to each other like yeah but we we're make not time for it. we're not publicly like that mm-hmm. um anything that's endearing we keep to ourselves very privately so everything that you see us do outwardly in public is usually like very like clown-like behavior mm-hmm. <laughs> just because we like to joke around and that's how our relationship has always been mm-hmm. and that's what works for us that's the way that we like it here we like a good joke demean each other a little bit we also have a crazy fucked up sense of humor so yeah. we make everything a joke yeah but it works yeah so we got engaged in the photo booth and still afterwards like even though everybody knew at that point as like my family my extended family started to like hear about it and stuff like that everybody was still like what the fuck is going on here mm-hmm. like they're so young mm-hmm And it was just, like, we didn't think twice about it. And there was no, again, reason for it, like, not to, like, stigmatize anybody. But, like, there was no religious sense behind it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know how, like, Christian couples tend to get married pretty young? Mm -hmm. Like, there was no affiliation with anything for that reason. We just did it. Yeah. We also got asked if we were pregnant to try and, like, go that route. But no. No. That happened immediately after. We just do whatever we want whenever we want to do it. Basically. So we were engaged for two years and then started planning our wedding in 2018 after we left college. Because we were like, all right, since we got this time on our hands, let's do this. And like, I was actually thinking about it today. Like, I physically, monetarily, and emotionally probably could not have gone through with like a wedding now. Like, if we would have still just been like, engaged or boyfriend and girlfriend all the way up until now i couldn't afford to do any of that Mm -hmm. like back then was like the perfect time oh yeah i'm glad that we did 
what we did the way we did it. Mm-hmm. I actually looked through all of our wedding photos today, like the unfiltered raw photos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, this was way more low key than I remember it being mm-hmm. just because like we didn't care about decorations or anything like that. Like we didn't put any effort into anything like that. We did everything ourselves. We are not in debt. I mm-hmm. paid off our rings before the wedding was even a thought. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a way to do it. So if you're in the process of getting married, do the wedding the way you want to do it. But you don't have to ball out for other people. It's a moment for you too. Yeah. At the end of the day, and that was very us. Like we were just like, yeah, we're just here to have a good time. If our decorations look like shit, sorry. And we proceeded to throw the, the best the, party oh, of all time of. 2018. Yeah. No, I'm going to say all time. Because even our friend who is a DJ and DJed our wedding, he DJs weddings frequently. And he's like, bro, I have yet to be a wedding, be at a wedding that's beaten yours. I've been to yeah. like two that have come close, uh-huh. but you guys have had the best wedding I've ever been to. Hell yeah. So that speaks volumes coming from a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> so when 2018 started and we we're like we're gonna get married um 2018 was a rough ass year mm-hmm. getting to the wedding was like dragging each other there it i was, mean literally from like january yeah until the end of 2018 yeah so from my end from january 1st and even previously like in 2017 um my family was going through it they were not in a good spot I didn't have a good relationship with anybody at that point I had a extremely strained relationship with both of my parents and even my brother at that point and in the middle of all of that mid-January my grandma had passed away and it made everything worse because nobody was on board nobody was getting along nobody was like let's you know, gather together to celebrate her life. Like, we were still all fighting throughout the entire thing. Mm -hmm. So when I continued to push for wedding planning after my grandma had passed away, my parents were like, why? And it was because we had a strained relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. so, you know, they were not on board. And I was like, okay, I don't care. So I just kept doing it. And... I was in a similar position as well. Yeah, and all of that year, like up until June, we just spent all of that time grieving, and it was rough. Like, I didn't have anybody to help. I was doing everything by myself. Like, you know, I didn't have anybody to depend on. And then in June, the same thing happened to Juan and his family. Yeah, my family was separated. Everyone was kind of fending for themselves, figuring it out. But then my grandmother had also passed away. So both of us within a six-month time span lost our grandmothers. And they were like two central figures in our lives, considering Mm -hmm. that like we spent majority of our childhood and our early years with them. So like they played a huge role in raising us. So Mm -hmm. like it was a pretty devastating loss for both of us. And then, you know... At that point in June, we had two months until the wedding, and, and like we're still trying to. F- I was gonna say later tie that up June, all those loose ends. Yeah, I was gonna say later that June was my bridal shower, so mm-hmm. it was rough to go to the bridal shower grieving for my own family, and then your family was there grieving as well, and mm-hmm. like it was just really painful. Like everyone was trying to force like this happy moment and being happy in this moment. I actually have a photo. Uh, for my bridal shower of me, my mom, and your mom. Mm-hmm. And it, like, all three of us have such a forced smile. I see it. I know exactly which picture you're talking I've about. I've never posted that photo just because I think I posted it once. I may have taken it down, but I don't keep it up for that reason because it's like everybody was in pain. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wasn't getting along with my family and everybody's grieving like literally everybody is grieving nobody's having a good time Mm -hmm. my bridal shower was fun you know Mm -hmm. my friends were there my cousins were there stuff like that so that was like it was fun but deep down inside i'm like this sucks Mm -hmm. and the month leading up to the wedding in july i all i did was argue with my family it didn't get any better like i thought getting closer to the wedding would be like hey maybe they'll chill out but I think the stress of the wedding stressed everybody out more. 
And then it just caused argument after argument after argument. And it didn't stop until literally the day of the wedding. Yeah, because once we got there, like... Everybody took a deep fucking breath. Yeah, it was like we were able to breathe for a second. Mm -hmm. And I mean, granted, it was hard for us because, like, we both had so much pent-up emotion from it. And like, and we're just holding it in at the expense of everybody else. That, but we're also trying to make sure that like we enjoy our wedding, and yeah. we're not like we were on edge worrying about what was going to happen that day. Yeah, rather than like enjoying the day itself. But yeah, that's a whole different story. So we get to the day, everyone finally gets a chance to breathe because we threw such a great party for mm-hmm. everyone and with how small and intimate it was it was only the people that were closest to us and like we went all night like legit mm-hmm. all night it was one of the hottest days in august i'm mm-hmm. wearing like a three-piece suit that is the sweatiest i've ever been mm-hmm. and it was a great time considering how rough everything had been for us like mm-hmm. it was a good celebration um having everyone come together and like finally get a chance to get back to normal I guess yeah the um I do remember like my biggest worry was photos because not only were was I not getting along with my family other family members weren't getting along with other family members yep and it was I was the most nervous for that and then it happened but it was going so quick that everybody was like yeah I'll get in the photo yeah I'll get in the photo and nobody like said anything like nobody mm-hmm. had an issue and after that because that was like one of the first things we did after the ceremony mm-hmm. i was like i can relax this is going to be fine mm-hmm. the other thing that helped that um made everybody feel better about the wedding was um juan and i didn't have the money nor did we want to spend the money on a open bar mm-hmm. and the place that we went to like really like that we rented to have our wedding at like wasn't really set up for that anyways it was outside yeah it was all outside our ceremony was up on a hill Mm -hmm. in an open field and then the reception was down the hill and under a pretty big pavilion and there was trees so like it cooled off down there but it was still hot as hell Mm -hmm. so in order to cut costs and like you know have everybody kind of bring their own little bits of fun with them i made on the wedding invitations i wrote byob and literally, I can't tell you how many people were like, I love that idea. Thank you. This is amazing. And it was really cool to see how people were like, I brought this and I brought this. Do you want to take a shot with me? Let's take a shot with the groom. Let's take a shot with the bridesmaids. Let's, you know what I mean? Like everybody was just sharing. Mm-hmm. And it was actually better than having an open bar. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I got to watch your parents take a shot together. They were so proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> I was running around. The second I saw a group of people taking the shots, I ran for a flask and I was I was in there. So there was, like the only alcohol that we provided was that there was um like a keg bar that mm-hmm. the that was built into the place that we rented. Mm-hmm. So we had bought We had like two kegs. Yeah, we no, there was like four. Oh. And we went through all of them. Oh yeah. <laughs> um so there were keg taps or beer taps that the kegs could be uh, hooked up to. And there's a picture of me and I'm standing beside the DJ and I'm Double holding, fist up, in it? I'm holding up it. a beer and I have like a number one finger on my hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I was looking at that today and I was like, hell yeah. Shit, there's a picture of me with my best friends. I'm on the DJ booth. I got the headphones on. That's actually really funny. Yep. I was, listen, it was, it was a great time. Yeah. But... Shortly after the wedding, mm-hmm. actually, uh, immediately after the next month, yeah, <laughs> we got pregnant. We with got prego. Yeah, and that kind of plays into it. Like when I first talked to your dad, like asking for permission to marry you, he mentioned that like once you get this life ball rolling, it doesn't stop, and mm-hmm. like that kind of emphasized it a little more, considering that like. In one year, we experienced two losses, and then you and I came together, and that was its own celebration. But mm-hmm. then we also had 
a new life coming in mm-hmm. and uh, expanding our family like immediately. Yeah. Like actually looking back at it now and seeing how broken both both of our families were mm-hmm. prior to us getting married and then what those losses further did to the brokenness mm-hmm. and then you and I got married and we got pregnant with Jewel right afterwards and how much that like healed Honda time. Honda time. How much that healed Honda time. No, how much <laughs> that like healed our families. Mm-hmm. Not to say that like we did something special or that like we're the We menders. saved our families. Yeah, not that by any means, Fuck but that. like, you know, Jewel literally came at the time when like I think both of our families needed it most mm-hmm. and it mended a lot of relationships. Like by all means, like mm-hmm. my re- my own relationship with my parents, with my brother yours with your brothers and your parents and mm-hmm. it's literally only gotten better yeah from there absolutely and it's special to see that now so now that we're here four years later yes let's discuss the real weight of the title of husband and wife yeah because it it seems cute and you can be boyfriend and girlfriend or engaged and change your contact to husband or wifey mm-hmm. but like at the beginning, I had no idea the magnitude of, like, what this really meant. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, at that point, my parents had gotten divorced. So, like, I, I've seen their marriage growing up. But then, you know, trying to get into a marriage literally at the end of seeing that, that kind of puts something in your head, obviously. Like, it's yeah. it still sits in the back of your mind. And I'm like all right, what does being a husband mean for me? Who am I going to be as a husband? Because obviously I can't stay the same. Mm-hmm. Like, and at that point, Abby, well, close to that point, it was more when we found out we were having a baby that she was like, listen, I need you like to lead. Like you are the leader of this family mm-hmm. and I'm trusting you with that. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it might sound like it was just a simple request but like being in that position I was 21 years old and mm. fresh to this life as an adult but also trying to figure out how to be a husband and how to be a dad in the next year or so like being trusted to lead is a lot of pressure mm-hmm. considering I have no idea what life is going to throw at us mm-hmm. and I mean you can speak for it on how I've led these past four years and how I'm just trucking through on a day-to-day basis. I'm actually glad that I asked you that all that time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't ask you that out of like, uh, like, oh, well, you're the husband, so you're the leader of the family, and I'm the wife, and I just do all of this, this, and this. Not like a relinquishing control. Good old traditional roles. No, it's not nah. like that. Um Juan and I have always decided to go against the grain and do what works for us. And in that moment, I knew asking him to do that was more so about motivation than it was about any type of role. Mm -hmm. And I asked you when, you know, we were pregnant and stuff like that because I knew what was going to happen to my body and I knew what was going to happen to me afterwards. Like this was going to be a while before I was going to be me again. Mm -hmm. And... I have to relinquish the idea that I can provide as much as you can simply based off of the fact that I have to be a different role now Mm -hmm. that I've never faced before, which would be a nurturer. Absolutely. And creating human life and stuff like that. And so I realistically looked at it from like the most logical angle possible. And I was like, I hope that by saying this, it gives you motivation. And it did because like, I heard a saying from a friend of ours that kind of like gave me some advice on marriage. Um, and she said, the man is the head of the household, but the wife is the neck. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, oh shit, that's, that's deep mm-hmm. on many levels because like looking back at it and still now, especially because of like how impulsive of a person I was up until we got married, Mm -hmm. I never ran any decision by you. Mm -hmm. I just did it. Yes. I thought that that was me leading. Yeah. Because I'm like, all right, I, I'm doing what I think is best 
for me, but it's going to be collectively good for all of us at the end of the day Mm -hmm. when it wasn't. Now, every single decision from like me even leaving the house, I run by you. Yeah. Because like, you know, head's useless without the neck. Mm -hmm. So not only is my role leading important, yours is just as much, if not more important because of all the background stuff that goes on. Mm -hmm. Because while I go out every single day, busting my ass whether it's one job three jobs i'm traveling to a different state just to make a quick buck like i had to run it by you to make sure you could hold down the house while i was gone Mm -hmm. and of course being the dad and the husband like there's that protector role in me as well and like having to be away from you and jewel like you know that of course worries me and Mm -hmm. it comes with its own stress but like you have grown into such a nurturer that I didn't know you could be. Mm-hmm. Considering the fact of like how angry of a per- we've discussed it before, how angry of a person yeah. you were. Like you have such a gentleness and a soft side about you. Not only when it comes to Jewel, but like even for yourself sometimes, and like how meticulous you are about caring for how things are for us as a whole. Mm-hmm. You don't do it just because you want to do it. You don't. It's not. It'd be like you only washing your dishes. Yeah. Like, you don't do that. Yeah. Like, that's not the point of taking care of yourself or all of us. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all for the greater good at the end of the day. And, like, I had no idea you were going to be this person when I was 18 years old. Yeah. I had no idea I was going to be this person when I was 18. Mm -hmm. Like, the weight of the title changes you because it's not just two simple words Mm -hmm. that that are the next step from boyfriend and girlfriend yeah like it it means something it's forever Mm -hmm. like it's for life yeah and you know when we started out our relationship um like i've said like we've said before i used to be very like angry and hard-headed and um emotionally driven Mm -hmm. and in the same sense, Juan was the nurturer. Mm-hmm. And we've essentially at this point switched roles. And for a while, um, especially since we've set boundaries in place, I was like, man, why is he so angry? And like, what is he so upset about? And I think I realized like literally right now that like, you're not, you're just being the protector, mm-hmm. you and I have officially switched roles, but you're doing the quote unquote angry thing in a boundary setting way. It's not anger. Yeah. It's protection. Yeah. And I think that because of my own flip flopping from being very emotionally driven to being like the nurturer and having to be like the Let logical. Me think this out. Yeah, like having to be so logical about everything because like I have Jewel to take care of and our house to take care of and everything that I have had well, I know this. I don't think it, I know it. Um I've had to check myself and check my ego because you being protective feels like it's supposed to be my job because that's who I used to be, mm-hmm. like the protector mm-hmm. in my own family, especially towards my brother. So when you do it, it egotistically... It challenges yeah, you. Yeah, it egotistically cha- challenges me. And relinquishing that role into something like more, not softer, but I, it's just nurturing. Mm-hmm. I'm still protective in a sense. That's not to say that like the fire has burned out by any means. Oh no, it's still there. I know still it there. <laughs> but I guess relinquishing that role of the protector has definitely checked my ego, especially this past year being a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of eerie to see over the past four years how I've slowly, how you and I have changed position, positions mm-hmm. and like what that took to do that. And a lot of it for me has been checking my own ego. Yeah. It's hard. It is very hard because, of course, like... Because I want to be like, bitch. I want to fuck you. (laughs) But I have to let you do it your way because you do it better than I do. And that's the thing with being a provider is because, like, (laughs) 
I'm just out here figuring it out and like it doesn't matter how I do it. I just have to do it. Mm-hmm. Like that time that I woke up with zero dollars in my bank account mm-hmm. and I was already working two jobs at that point. I got a third job the next day. Mm-hmm. Like I bitched about having three jobs all the time. I was literally working from 5 a.m. until almost 9.30 p.m. at night mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yeah. But you and Jewel were happy. She had everything she needed. You guys still had the roof over your head. I was barely... I was here to just sleep under this roof. Mm-hmm. But that's my job. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And it didn't matter how much complaining I did... I was already doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if I'm going to go through with it, this is what I asked for. This mm-hmm. is what I wanted. This is who I have to be for this time being. Mm-hmm. And I can't do what you're doing at home. Yeah. So this is what I have to do. I agree, vice versa. I can't do what you're doing at work. I would never, ever want you to work as hard as I do. Like... Ever. The shit, the physical and literal shit that I've been through. Yeah. I would never want you to do that. Yeah. It sucks. It is not easy, but there's no one else better for the job than me. Yeah. And I think about that with everything I do. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to outwork myself every day, and I have to make it a competition or a game in my own head so I don't drive myself crazy. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day... It doesn't matter how good of a day I had or how shitty my day was. I still have to come home and put my dad hat on. Yeah. I still have to come home and be a husband and make sure you're good Mm -hmm. and make sure Jewel didn't make you want to rip your own hair out. Mm -hmm. And I got to put out all those fires. Mm. I got to put out those fires. I got to put out those fires. Your Irish fires. (laughs) I was mixing all those together. I got to put out all those fires the second I step in the door. And, you know, that kind of, like, jumps into the breaking the generational curses, especially since I, I worked in the exact same line of work my dad did, just with less kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I caught myself coming home in a certain mood, and I brought home my workday with me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I didn't come home and switch into dad mode. I was still provider, still in work, and I'm like, all right. I maybe have this much amount of money, but you're telling me we got this many bills to pay by tomorrow. And I'm like, what, how am I going to figure this out? Mm -hmm. And like, of course, stress, anxiety, all that takes over. But like, it's, it's with the territory. Yeah. And like sacrifice is a name of the game when it comes to this, because it's not only just like time and like whatever else I might have to do, but like, I have to change who I am. Mm-hmm. I have to keep growing. I have to keep learning. Like, I can't be the same. If I was the same 18-year-old me that proposed to you, we wouldn't have made it this far. No. And that's that's what I mean by sacrifice. When people think of sacrificing in a marriage, they think of it as, like, the dad's got to give up his man cave or his hobbies or video games. And, like, no. No, that's, I push you to do your hobbies. That's what keeps you sane. Yeah. Keep doing them. Yeah. The sacrifice is literally I'm working three jobs, giving up sleep mm-hmm. to make sure that I can put food on the table for you. Mm-hmm. And the sacrifice you have to make is like, all right, you're sacrificing helping me mm-hmm. like monetarily mm-hmm. so you can make sure that our home life is good. Yeah. And although I'm giving the roof above our head, you're the one that makes it a home. Yeah. I'm just giving the house. Yeah. And that's on some next level shit that you got to think about when you're getting married. Yeah. When you're, it's not, most people think of it and they try to say like, oh, it's just a lifetime sleepover with your bestie. And it's like, yeah, sometimes. Rarely. But there are nights where, now granted, me and Abby try not to go to bed mad at each other. We always talk it out. Oh, yeah. Until, like, we'll stay up and seethe until one of us rolls over. (laughs) It's like, and, what the fuck's your problem? And then we finally go to sleep. But, like, sometimes you'll wake up and it's just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, Why right. am I here? 
this shit sucks. Yeah. I'm tired of doing this. And I also think that's like in specifically in our relationship, I have no idea what everybody else does, but Juan and I tell each other every little detail of every little thing to like a very annoying degree, annoying degree to other people. We don't find it annoying because like I tell him everything about the day. Mm-hmm. Everything. Every detail that nobody wants me to tell Juan, I'm telling him. Mm-hmm. I'm telling him. Yeah, don't tell Abby to keep shit from me because that's the first thing she's going to do is yeah. tell me. And then I'm going to be like, and they told me not to tell you. Yep. <laughs> and the thing about that is, is that I don't, we've We're just, each other's number one. I was going like, to say. We're on each other's side. We've never done that. Like, I've never purposely kept anything from you. We've always told each other everything all of the time whether it hurt or not yeah that's what you got to get over to like that's part of the ego it's like hey i'm gonna say this because it makes me feel this way or i know this might hurt your feelings but i need to tell you yeah. let's talk about it yeah and like a lot of that like a lot of that heavy stuff like hurting each other's feelings was during like our wedding like Mm -hmm. our whole wedding planning thing because Mm -hmm. everybody was already really hurt so they're just spewing fire at each other so we were hurting each other's feelings all of the time by telling each other everything Mm -hmm. and for some people that might not work some people would rather not know for us we would we want to know i want to know we want to be on the same page at all times whether it sucks or not and because of that i think that's why the sacrificing sucks, but it's not so bad when I know what you're going through mentally mm-hmm. and you know what I'm going through mentally. You know what my day is like. I know what your day is like. We tell each other every, everything. Mm-hmm. Not everybody agrees with that. Even to the point where like we say something right in the moment as it happens and it's like, should I really be feeling something about this? And we'll tell each other, like, nah, you're you're in your head about it. Stop. Yeah. And that also helps, too. Like, mm-hmm. com- when people say communication is key in marriage, like, of course, we were told that from the start. But, like, we took it to a whole other level. Yeah. And, like, some, I, I feel like you have to. Yeah. If for a successful marriage, not an easy one, for a successful marriage, mm-hmm. you have to tell each other damn near everything and that's why we started doing that why we started being like my uncle said this about you Mm. (laughs) i mean yeah and but we've also seen the opposite effect of it with the other marriages that were examples in our lives yeah from our parents to grandparents to friends and like generational curses wise Mm -hmm. um Of our family members that do know that, a lot of them have, like, that know that we communicate like that, they have been vocal about the fact that they were like, no, I don't think you should do that. That sucks. I'm still married, so I don't see a problem. And it works for us. Yeah. If it works for us, well, it's no hindrance to you. Yeah. Don't you want to see us happy? Don't you want to see us succeed? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know? But part of the communication process is not... That's not 100% of what makes a marriage successful. The other side of that... I'd say there's three parts to this. So communication would be the first. The other side of that is listening. Yeah. You have to be able to actually listen and, like, shut up and listen. Not like... It's but, not a... It's but, not... A, yeah, it's not a discussion. Yeah. You're listening. Shut up. Woo! <laughs> Damn. Uh, And the third and final part, which I guess would be, you know, hand in hand with listening, is changing the behavior. You have to accept what you did. I mean, you you can kind of compare that exactly to the episode where, like, I talked you through that stuff. And I was like, now that you know, it's up to you. Yeah. That's part of listening. So, like, communicating, telling someone, Mm -hmm. then the person that's listening has to listen and receive it. Uh But now that you know this, it is up to you. To change your behaviors on said topic or it's up to you on how you continue to move now that you have this knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a prime example. Like you brought up earlier how you were bringing work home. Mm -hmm. I literally was like, hey, bud, I want to have a good time with you when you get home from work. If you need to take time and 
go decompress and take a shower or whatever, absolutely go do that. But when you come down from the shower, try to be a little bit more present Mm -hmm. because we didn't get to see you all day. Mm -hmm. So we want to spend time with you. And it sucks that it feels like we're getting on your nerves or something Mm -hmm. when we haven't seen you. Yeah. And And I, I would notice it too. I'm like, God damn it. I'm taking this out on them or like I would I would even be in my head about checking my own body language because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Abby breathed the wrong way. She thinks I'm mad. But and that's on anxiety. But the thing <laughs> is, is that, you know, when I had that conversation with him, he listened and then the behavior changed. Mm-hmm. And there were even it even gets to the point where, you know, if you feel like you can't change it at in the moment and you're having a really rough day. Ask for help. Yeah. I literally tell him all the time. I'm like, bro, go in the other room and take deep breath. He's like, no, why would I do that? I'm like, Daniel Tiger, bro. Mm. Daniel Tiger. When you feel so mad that you want to roar. Take a deep breath and count to four. Mm-hmm. I tell Jewel that and I tell Juan that and I also she tell myself asked, that. She told me, she was like, listen, I'm not going to tell Jewel to keep doing it if we can't, so figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, okay, one, two. (laughs) But no, like on, on the opposite end of like just figuring it out, ask them for help. Say, hey, I'm feeling this way. I don't know what to do. Help me. The same thing we do to Jewel. The same tactics we do to Jewel, we use on each other. Mm -hmm. Juan's like, I'm mad. Help me. Okay. Daniel Tiger in the kitchen. That didn't work. Okay. Tell me, what is it? What are you feeling? Mm-hmm. We ask questions, we dig, we pry, but not in the sense of like trying to think that it was one of us as yeah. the problem. We're like, oh, no. we act as an outside source, just like, mm-hmm. I'm here to listen to you. Yeah. I'm yeah. here for you. And not granted, this is like kind of funneling into like a specific scenario. Yeah. But. This that, goes for everything. For sad, happy, everything. Frustrated, all of it. It all applies. Now, Daniel Tiger, take a deep breath and t- count to four. That's for mad. There's other things you can do for <laughs> sad, happy, whatever. <laughs> that was the mad example. I'll have to do a whole episode on <laughs> Daniel Tiger. On Daniel Tiger. <laughs> but we use this, those tactics on Jewel. Are they easy to implement? Hypothetically, yes. They're not hard. But when you feel those emotions and they're big, it's tough. Especially as an adult. Mm-hmm. Because you have your own traumas that you have, that have clung on to you over the years. And all you want to do is be outwardly upset, angry, sad, frustrated. And you want to take that out on somebody because for the most part, the, all of us have had somebody take it out on us. And the nearest person is your spouse. Yeah. After you're married. So it's like all that baggage, mm-hmm. it it becomes both of your baggage. That's not yeah. just a figure of speech people say. Like all of Abby and I have worked through each other's shit for so long mm-hmm. because a lot of these like underlying issues were there and mm-hmm. it was causing us to outwardly express them against each other and it wasn't healthy. Yeah. And then we're like, hey, why is this? Yeah. What's going on here? Let's figure it out. Yeah. Like, here's a random ass example. Um, Juan is a typical guy and likes to listen to his phone in bed on the loudest volume setting possible. Oh, my God. No, I don't. Dude, you're fucking deaf. I just put my phone right to your ear. Anyways, (laughs) he has no... I guess, like, there's nothing that, like, you really won't watch before you go to bed. So things like news or Karens or people fighting or anything like that, like, he'll watch before he goes to bed. Or something that'll make me laugh obnoxiously. Yeah, but for the most part, really loud noises, people yelling, whether it's happy or angry, is a triggering thing to me. So instead of me getting upset about it and getting anxious about it, I was like, hey, bud, I know you want to watch these videos. If that's what you want to do, can you please put in headphones? Because it gives me anxiety and it puts me into fight or flight. 
right before bed. And that was based off of like a whole way that like I had grown up. And I was like, I can't do that before I go to bed because then I'm going to be up all night anxious. Meanwhile, I'm just scrolling through mindlessly. Yeah. Not thinking anything of it. Yeah. And that's like, does he always remember that? Absolutely not. It's the end of the day. Everybody's tired. We want to go to bed. So he's just doing something to relax. But for me, it's super anxiety-inducing. And I'm like, I can't do that. I'm going to be wired all night. I'm going to be stressed out. So I have to remind him every now and then. Is he doing it on purpose to hurt my feelings or to make me feel a certain type of way? No, he's not. He just can't remember. It's a random thing that I asked to be changed. So it's going to take a little bit before you remember it. (laughs) I know that. (laughs) I'm not dumb. And you're a person, you have a lot of stuff going on, you know? So sometimes it's not always going to get fixed at the, you know, the first time that you ask for it, depending on what it is. Yeah. But you just have to, you have to communicate what it is, why it upsets you. I think we actually gave a formula for this in a previous episode. Yeah, you did this already. So you know the drill. If you haven't heard it and you made it this far into the episode, go back and start over. You'll find it. Yeah. Get to the point, say the issue, say why it bothers you, ask how it can be changed. Move on. Yeah. (sighs) It's all easier said than done, of course. And this clearly has taken not only four years of marriage, but eight years total. Eight years of us being together. And you know, sometimes even eight years in, people still don't have this figured out. So figure out what works for you. But we don't have it totally figured out No. Either. And, of course, we're going to continue to grow and change and become different people who have different needs because mm-hmm. what I needed at 21 when we first got married is not what I need now at 25. I agree. So it's all learning experience, and it's never you two against each other because we talked about this in the togetherness episode. Like, we're not becoming one. We're two individuals that are coming together, figuring the stuff out. Mm-hmm. So, we still have our own life path. Yeah, we're still who we were before. We're just growing together now. Yeah. But the weight of the husband and wife title is a lot heavier than just changing your contact or your name. Or your name. Being married means a lot more than just a ring. And mm-hmm. sleeping over together every day. Yeah. We're cooking dinner tonight for little date nights. Communication is key. So is listening. Listening is the keyhole that unlocks the door. Changing the behavior. Is just opening the door. Is opening the door. <laughs> In a terrible analogy. But I love you. I love you. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Four years down, forever to go. Four years down, forever to go. She's about to get me going on another conspiracy. <laughs> Let me not start. If yeah, you haven't heard say. it yet. Wait, we... we're going to be together for eight years. Four plus four. She did it. <laughs> she did it, y'all. <laughs> 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 anyway, if you haven't heard it yet, we hope you have a great day. We love you. Peace, love. And applesauce. Bye. Bye.